Mr. Cow. Yes? How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? I don't know. I always end up biting. Ask Mr. Fox, for he's much cleverer than I. Mr. Fox, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? Why don't you ask Mr. Turtle, for he's been around a lot longer than I. Me? <laughs> I bite. Mr. Turtle. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? I never made it without biting. Ask Mr. Owl, for he is the wisest of us all. Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? A good question. Let's find out. One, two, three, three. If there's anything I can't stand, it's a smart owl. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know. They say you get a penny for your thoughts. And for generations, those pennies opened an entire world of bite-sized candy. This is the story of the Tootsie Roll. This is Toys R Us. All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, all of my best friends Hello, and welcome back to the Toys R Us podcast, your weekly trip to the past to give you all the hot goss on what went on behind the scenes of the things you loved as a child. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me as always is what you get if you turn in your Tootsie Pop wrapper with a Native American on it, my co-host, Heather. Oh, I assume that was a compliment. What do you get? <laughs> yes, that's a compliment. Is it? What, what do you get? Um... Well, I mean, actually, you get nothing. Oh, well, shit. But that doesn't sound like a compliment. Like a, this is like a mixing of the two worlds because that is an urban legend. Oh, is it really? Yeah, that if you turn in the, uh, the one... rapper that has a Native American on it, you get like a free I heard of Tootsie Rolls or something. But it... that it wasn't just the native american he had to be like pointing his bow like at a star like that had to there had to be a star on it yeah 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 so th- is there exactly. there's really nothing there there's really nothing about that yeah there's nothing about that at all what the fuck where who who did that i don't know you know some fucking bored kid is like yeah, my cousin turned in his rapper that has Native American on it, and they gave him a free bag of Tootsie Rolls. It's like the the same person that's like, Yeah, my cousin, he's like so lethal, his hands are registered. <laughs> like, that's not a thing. It's the same, same dudes that are like, Uh, no, my uncle works for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And he said the next Mario is three players. He's like, shut up. <laughs> There's always somebody with something. There is always somebody with something. Um, today, we are going to be talking about a piece of everyone's childhoods, and a lot of people's adulthoods as well, the Tootsie Roll. And I will die on the hill that the Cherry Tootsie Pop is the king of all candies. Oh, shit. Why? Yeah. I don't know. It's just like the fucking best candy to me. Okay, Wow. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know what I would pick. Not that. <laughs> I really love no. Tootsie Rolls, though. But then again, like I don't think my teeth can handle Tootsie Rolls anymore. What are you fucking ninety three years old? Um, maybe. 
Mind your own business. Look, my <laughs> my dentures. Okay. No more. <laughs> uh, I have really sensitive teeth. Okay, I'm I'm that person that can't even drink cold water. So Oof. yeah, it, it's I'm just a freak. I don't know what to tell you. So you're the person that all those very specific commercials are about. Can you not eat ice cream because your teeth are too sensitive? Yes. That's yes, it sucks. I do eat ice cream, though, because fuck you, you're not taking ice cream from me. But wow. if, if I saw... I mean, I think we're all unsettled by this, but if I saw someone bite into ice cream, I think I would just, like, pass out. Like, the thought of that, like, that would kill me. That would kill me. So when I finally meet you in person... I'm just going to bite into a Please don't. I don't know why you'd be mean to me. <laughs> don't be mean to your friends, Rick. It's not nice. Oh, God. Yes, it is. No, I probably shouldn't be like, like, well, you know, just for other reasons besides you tormenting me. Like, my enemies are going to listen to this and be writing this down. Like, can't chew ice cream. What if, so what are they going to fucking do just... <laughs> stand around you, like, wait for you to come out of your house. Just, instead of, like, twirling a, a fucking butterfly knife, they're fucking chewing on an ice cream Yeah, cone. I mean, that would be way more menacing to me, honestly. Wow. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. It's just like, uh, West Side Story, ah! but it's just fucking two different, like, rival ice cream companies. Yeah, like, no one's snapping their fingers, they're just eating ice cream with their teeth. <laughs> They're, they're clicking together popsicle sticks. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's like fucking Ben and Jerry versus Good Humor. Please don't. They're like, oh, shit. Please don't. Oh, my God. All that being said, are you ready to unwrap the history? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. Let's go. We start our story in 1884 in New York City. That's where we meet up with a newly immigrated Austrian Jewish man named Leo Hirschfeld. Leo was the son of Maurice Hirschfeld, who was a candy maker. Crazy old Maurice, hmm? Crazy old Maurice, hmm. And thus, he was ready to start his brand new life and make a name for himself. He was perpetually chasing the American dream. He had very little to his name, but what he did have would change his life forever. Because the one thing that he had made him the Harlan Sanders of the candy world, because he had his family recipe for chocolate. Ooh. Uh, in 1896, he found himself under the employment of two men who owned a candy store, Stern and Salberg. Their store was in a busy area of Manhattan, and Leo was happy peddling others' creations as he had a great love and admiration for candy that he inherited from his father. But he didn't want to bring out the big guns yet, so the first confection creation to his name would be Bromangelon. <laughs> Excuse me? Bromangelon is like Jello before Jello was Jello. Okay. It's like a gelatinous dessert. Mm. <laughs> Say that! Can I have some of that Bromangelon? Sounds, uh... It's like, did you just... Yeah. <laughs> did you just put a spell on me? <laughs> Um, Now, there's a bit of discourse in the candy world as to whether the Tootsie Roll, which is named after his daughter Clara's nickname Tootsie, was introduced to the world in 1896 or 1907. 
As it stands, the patent wouldn't be filed until 1907 and approved in 1908. I like that there's discourse around it. There's people arguing about this. There's like candy nerds that are like, "Mm, uh, actually, um... Yeah, there really is. And, and like, for this one, I had 63 tabs open. Oh, my God. And about half of them said 1896, and half of them said 1907. Okay. But realistically, the patent was filed in 1907, so that's that's what I'm going on. Sounds good. Um, Stern and Salberg allowed Leo to call them Tootsie Rolls with a stipulation. His daughter Clara would be the face of Bromangelon, and that was a deal that worked out for both parties. She starred in several cartoon advertisements as Tattling Tootsie. Uh, so she's a snitch? Yeah. Yeah, she is definitely a fucking snitch. Uh, well, snitch. we don't like those. No, they get stitches. That's right. Um, I saved an advertisement to read to you. Okay. For Bro Mangelon with Tattle and Tootsie. Got it. It says, I never tell tall tales, said Mother's Child, but the cook is driving my poor ma wild. Too often the, di- the dinner dessert isn't done, Except when she fixes Bromangelon. Uh, it doesn't rhyme, but okay. No, it's very forced. <laughs> it's a stretch. <laughs> it's like those videos of white girls rapping in cars. She's just like, oh. Never speak honey. of them to me. Never. <laughs> Never speak of them to me. Ugh. Is, is, is it triggering you because yeah. you were in no. cars? No. 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 Wow. Your enemies are getting a lot of fuel here. Can't buy ice cream. You were a white girl that wrapped I cars. was not a white girl car wrapper. How dare you? Of all the sure. lies that have been spread about me in my life, that's the worst one I've ever heard. <laughs> sure, Lil Stop Heather. Stop it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, wherever and whenever they began, Tootsie Rolls which were supposedly the first penny candy to be individually wrapped, were a success. Uh, Leo Hirschfeld went so far as to individually wrap them himself. Wow. That's a perfectionist uh, right there. Let me do oh, it. Get fuck. the fuck out of my way. I'm doing it. I'll do it myself. I'm the same fucking way. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, me too. That's why we get along so it's well. A, it's, a, it's a bad thing. It's a really, that. really annoying thing to be because you literally have to do everything yourself because you're too type A and obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. to let anyone touch your shit. Yeah, you carry so much on your back and then you're like, wow, why is my back broken? Right. <laughs> oh, right, because I can't let anyone help me. Yeah, we're fucking 93 years old in our 30s. Basically. Jesus Christ. Um, in the days before air conditioning and home refrigerators, a chocolate-flavored candy that didn't melt in the hot sun proved very popular mm. because like as you may know or may not know tootsie rolls don't really like melt like normal chocolate i guess i should probably know that since i live in california and it's hot as fuck yeah i guess i never thought about it like oh why is my tootsie roll not melted yeah it's just one of those things where you're like uh, you take it for granted yeah exactly uh although the patent details Hirschfield's unique process and the ingredients, which include sugar, corn syrup, soybean oil, skim milk, cocoa, uh, whey, and orange. Like a little bit of orange. 
as someone who makes perfumes for a living, I do understand that like a little bit of orange is mm-hmm. super important and it doesn't smell like what you think it does. Like it just adds a little something that people can't really put their finger on. Right, right. And I, I don't have any fucking Tootsie Rolls, but apparently like once you realize that there is a little bit of orange in there, you can pick up on it. Mm-hmm. Which I believe. I'm going to look for it next time I eat one. There you go. Um, the actual recipe for Tootsie Rolls, however, remains a secret. The company has said, though, that one key ingredient in every batch is part of the previous day's production. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have a saying around the Tootsie Roll factory that every Tootsie Roll is kind of like, you know, like the whole thing, like, if you if you keep rebuilding a boat, when does it become a new boat? Mm-hmm. That's how Tootsie Rolls are. That's interesting. Like they they all they all are made from the first batch and then every day a little bit gets left over. That's how I do my perfumes too. Oh we'll see. They're all connected. Oh. It's like the mother very, dough. Very nice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The mother dough. See you're already fucking over there rapping. Shut up. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um Stern and Salberg gradually expanded as Tootsie Roll sales increased, and by 1913, Leo Hirschfeld was vice president, and newspapers were touting him as a success story. Interestingly enough, he seems to have been more famous at the time for uh, Bromangelon than Tootsie Rolls. Mm-hmm. The original price of a Tootsie Roll was one penny, and it was hand-wrapped by him. It was, it was considered a taffy candy. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, it was described. It was described by him as a thick, chewy chocolate mixture, which he divided into bite-sized rolls. The candy quickly made its way to production in New York City in 1905, and during this time in the early 1900s, the Tootsie Roll was actually delivered by horse and buggy to your doorstep. Oh, that's cute. So it was like Uber Eats. <laughs> that's funny for candy. What would we call it instead? Um. Huh. Buggy bites. What? It's cute. Yeah, I'll give you yeah. that. Yeah. It's like bug juice. Doesn't come in a jar. Great. Right? Great. Great. I just got it out of my head after 30 years. Thanks so <laughs> much. You're welcome. Fuck. Now everybody else has it in Fuck. their head. If they even know what we're talking about at all. I mean, our audiences. Yeah, you're right. Around the you're internet, right. they're gonna know fucking bug juice. Millennial nostalgia. There you go. Uh, during the early 19th century, candy consumption was taking a turn into establishing America with a reputation as a great candy eating nation. That's for sure. Imagine if that was the thing we stuck with uh, instead of whatever the fuck what is we are right now. Racist. Yeah. Cultural well, appropriating. I mean, Genocidal? I mean... Oof. Xenophobic? Yeah, we could uh, do this all day. Fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It just boils it all down to that. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking stupidity. I don't know. Uh, but soon, Leo was on a journey with Stern and Salberg, which had him um, merge his Tootsie Roll company with them in the beginning of the 1900s. Around 1909, the Stern and Salberg Company started a major marketing and advertising push on Tootsie Rolls, and one of the first ads for Tootsie Roll candy was introduced in 1914 in the International Confectioner. 
which was like a candy magazine back then. Ooh, I want a candy magazine. Ooh, that yeah, centerfold. That like, mm. Oh my god. What would it be? A really long Tootsie Roll. Wow. I made this disgusting. Just Peter's, just Peter's no, Playboy fold, but don't he the do roll. that. Oh. If, you don't, if you don't listen, if you don't know that after we're done recording, don't you fucking is, dare! I'm You're canceled. I'm canceled. canceling you. <laughs> Guess what? I uncanceled myself. Nope. Doesn't work that yeah. way. Doesn't work that uh, way. I'm afraid it does. Um, candy at this time was only sold for five cents a package. And in 1917, the name of the company was changed to Sweets Company of America. Okay. Um, they showed up at local drugstores in big glass jars, and candies were sold without a wrapper in those jars. They would just have to scoop the candy out with, like, a little ladle thing. Mm. Uh, they'd be weighed, and then they would pay. But it was a pain for the, the store owners and the customers, so that's when Leo started to hand-wrap them himself. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what made a big difference because everybody wanted Tootsie Rolls because it took a lot of the fucking work out. Yeah. And what happened is, like, a lot of, they didn't, you know, no places had fucking central cooling and shit. So a lot of candies that came in those jars were sticking together. Right, I would imagine. So it's like, if I put it, if I hand wrap these things, they're not going to stick together. People are going to buy them more. Yep. Um, after rising to vice president and seeing the company change its name to Sweets Company of America in 1917, after which Stern and Salberg retired and the new management outranked him, Leo was ousted from the company in 1920. On January 14th, 1922, Leo Hirschfeld took his own life, shooting himself in the head, leaving behind a note that read, I'm sorry, I could not help it. No, that's so sad. I know. Oh, that is the saddest note I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. Oh God. I I when I when I started to write this, I'm like, oh, Tootsie Rolls. Okay, cool. Everybody fucking Tootsie Rolls. Oh my God. <laughs> I went so far as to fucking pay for a, a New York Times subscription so I could read the article about his death from 1914. Aww. Or whatever the fuck. No, 1922. I know. You messaged me last night and were like, uh, basically, you were very shooketh by writing this episode and finding yeah, out all this stuff. Yeah, I was stuff. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I came here for a good time and now I want to kill myself. Yes, it says, Tootsie Roll Inventor kills himself in hotel. That's the headline. Oh. Illness and wife's breakdowns are blamed for Candyman's suicide. Leo Hirschfeld, president of Mel's Candy Corporation, 449 West 42nd Street, shot himself through the head in his room in the Hotel Monterey yesterday noon, uh, and he died a few hours later in the Knickerbocker Hotel. The Knickerbocker? The Knickerbocker. In L.A.? No. Oh. In New York. Oh. Yes. Wait, am I thinking of a New York? Is there more than one Knickerbocker Hotel? I'm sure there. I'm sure there is. Okay. Um... There's a Knickerbocker that's really, really haunted. This is the Knickerbocker uh, Hospital. Oh! Okay. <laughs> uh, it says, His act was laid to a long illness and grief over his wife's mental breakdown. 
Mr. Hirschfield was at his office in the morning, but left early saying that he would not be back that day. He had been suffering considerable pain from stomach trouble and was depressed by separation from his wife, who has been in a sanitarium. Oh, fuck! He went to his hotel, where he had been stopping for some weeks, and from his room sent down word to the clerk asking for a headache remedy, but directed that it should not be sent up for an hour. When the boy finally went to the room, he found Mr. Hirschfeld sitting in a big armchair near the, near the bed with a heavy caliber revolver in his lap. After the bullet had passed through his head from the front, it smashed through the bedpost and buried itself in the wall. He left a short note saying that he was sorry, but I could not help it. Friends said his business affairs were in good shape and that he was a wealthy man. Mrs. Arthur Ludwig, his daughter, lives at 100 West 87th Street. Mm-hmm. That's fucking sad. That's devastating. I... I was not fucking expecting that from fucking Tootsie Roll. Wow. Uh, I'm never gonna, like, eat a Tootsie Roll and not think about that. I know! God damn it! (laughs) (laughs) You should just rename this podcast to Ruining Your Childhood. Honestly. Honestly. It's not a joke. This is not a joke. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not a joke. Um, after his ousting and subsequent suicide, Tootsie Rolls were still going strong. In 1931, Sweets Corporation extended the line with the Tootsie Pop, a Tootsie Roll center coated with a hard candy shell on a lollipop stick. The original flavors were chocolate, raspberry, uh, cherry, lemon, orange, and grape. And the the Tootsie Pop was surprisingly one of the largest success factors of the Tootsie Company alongside Tootsie Rolls. As the Great Depression continued, though, the candy company, like so many other businesses, got into financial trouble. And Bernard D. Rubin of Joseph Rubin and Sons of Brooklyn, which was Tootsie Roll's main supplier of paper boxes, began acquiring Tootsie Roll shares, as did other members of his family. Eventually, in 1935, they seized control of the company. Uh-oh. So they, they basically pulled a Walt Disney. Yeah, they like bought a little bit at a time, and they were like, yeah. ah, now we get to do whatever we want. That's mine, bitch. Um, Mr. Rubin was able to steadily increase sales and restore profits, changing the formula of the Tootsie Roll and increasing its size, moving from Manhattan to a much larger plant in Hoboken, New Jersey, and guiding the company successfully through the difficult war years when vital raw materials were in short supply. And here is where we have a crazy war story. During the Korean War, the 1st Marine Division met the enemy at Chosen Mountain Reservoir in sub-freezing temperatures. Out of ammunition, Marines called in for 60mm mortar ammo, code named Tootsie Rolls. The radio operator did not have the code sheets that would tell him what a Tootsie Roll was, but knew the request was urgent, so he called in the order, and soon pallets of Tootsie Roll candies parachuted from the sky to the 1st Marine Division. What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. What are you talking about right now? <laughs> so, they're like, fuck dude, we're out of ammo. I, I, We really need some ammo. But they didn't want to be saying ammo. So they're like, we need Tootsie Rolls. And Tootsie Rolls were like codenamed for ammo. But the guy that was oh taking my god, shit didn't know that? So he literally just ordered a shitload of Tootsie Rolls. Okay, that guy's the biggest idiot that's ever lived. 
He is, but it actually fucking worked, though. How so? Uh, the, the candy that fell from the sky provided the much-needed nourishment for the troops. Oh, Jesus. It was like a morale boost. They're like, yay, they it's also, raining candy! But, yay! Exactly. They also learned that they could use warm Tootsie Rolls to plug bullet holes, oh. which would seal when they refroze. That's probably not a good idea for, like, what's in a Tootsie Roll. It's not a good sign. Well, well I mean, look, it, they, they would get them warmed up so that they'd be pliable, and then plug whatever hole they needed to, and once it froze... Like, if you ever put, like, a Reese's cup in the freezer, that motherfucker gets hard. Mm-hmm. So just imagine what a fucking Tootsie Roll is that's just dense-ass chocolate. I guess so. Um, over two weeks of incessant fighting, the 15,000-man division suffered 3,000 killed in action, 6,000 wounded, and thousands of severe frostbite cases. But they accomplished their goal and destroyed several Chinese divisions in the process. Many coveted... Many credited their very survival to the Tootsie Rolls, and surviving Marines called themselves the Chosen free, the chosen Few or the Frozen Chosen. Uh-huh. One guy even went on to make, like, uh, wood carvings of some of the guys in that battalion mm-hmm. holding boxes of Tootsie Rolls. Huh. Well, that's cute. Uh, that's very cute. When Bernard Rubin died in 1948, he had increased his sales volume 12-fold. In fact, with inflation, he had netted them about $127 million a year. Hmm. Yeah. That's nuts. It is. After his death, his brother William B. Rubin became president and remained president until 1962. In 1966, Sweets Corp. changed its name to Tootsie Roll Industries and opened the Chicago plant at 7401 South Cicero Avenue. That is now its headquarters. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, I know where it is. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Uh, the company also operates factories in four other states, plus Mexico and Canada. Nice. In the 1950s and 60s, advertising was king, and while the Tootsie Roll company was keeping up with the competition, they finally pulled ahead in the race on August 4th, 1970, because that's where you meet up with the candy-loving kid and his wise owl friend. Oh, you know, yeah. how many looks does of course it take I know. to get to the It's center? my favorite Lil' Kim song. Oh my god. Oh! Oh! Yep. Yeah, that song slaps. Hell yeah, it does. I fucking love Lil' Kim! Oh what? No. No, I will not. And you can't make me. Alright, thirsty fuck. <laughs> Good lord. That, that song uh, is thirsty. Well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I feel like every, like, late 90s, early 2000s, like, R&B type song was just, let's fuck, please. Yeah, they were some thirsty motherfuckers. Exactly. Uh, during this point, the company's president was William's daughter, Ellen Rubin Gordon. Ellen's husband of 12 years was Melvin J. Gordon, and he ran it with her. So, let's talk about them a little bit, because, Christ, they are a fucking weird couple. Uh, they were, because Melvin passed away in 2015, but Melvin and Ellen gave no interviews. Melvin and Ellen. Melvin and Ellen. Jeez. They never gave interviews. Nor did they give tours of their factory. 
Uh, it was as close as we will ever get to a real to a, a real life Willy Wonka. Oh boy! Because nobody ever goes in there, and nobody ever comes out. Suspicious. Um, an analyst told Ben Kressling of the Wall Street Journal, "I think the only way you can get a tour is by jumping over the fence and sneaking Ooh. in." Did someone do that? I'm sure people have, but the, because now. It didn't used to have barbed wire fence, and now it does. Okay, something weird's going on there, then. Yeah, there's, some, there's something up. Uh, calls to the Gordon's daughter, Karen Mills, who was the head of the U.S. Small Business Administration, weren't returned either. And that's been the case as far back as 1980, when the Milwaukee Centennial also wrote about the secretive Gordon family, and how they never got fat despite eating pounds and pounds of candy. They're aliens. They are aliens. Mm-hmm. Ellen... Uh, told the Centennial 32 years ago, we're high on candy. We nibble at it all day, both our and our competitors, to see what they are doing. And our weight hasn't varied more than a few pounds in years. Okay, why? She just stated that just because? Casually definitely aliens. Casually mentions they're better than you? Yeah, it's definitely just aliens. Okay. Their methods may have been unusual, especially for a seemingly fun candy company, but they worked. And the company turned out profits and dividends every year. They shunned dozens of acquisition attempts over the years from larger companies like Hershey's, Mars, and Nestle. Which is an extremely deliberate choice, because the pair made, and Alan still makes, $900,000 a year as salary. Wow. Yeah. So, whatever the fuck they're doing in there, they're like, listen, nobody's fucking with my money. Right. Um, lots of people were speculating with Melvin's passing that Ellen might be more open to selling their, uh, selling her stake. The Gordons still control 49% of the company, which was recently worth $985 million at closing. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about what the Tootsie Roll company has to offer. Okay. In addition to the traditional Tootsie Roll flavors, there are cherry, orange, vanilla, lemon, and lime. Okay. Then you have the Tootie Fruities, which come in different fruit flavors, including red strawberry, blue raspberry, grape, green apple, banana berry, smooth cherry, fruit punch, root beer, cranberry, watermelon, mango, and my favorite, pink lemonade. Have you had all these flavors before? I've had I've had pink lemonade, watermelon, the apple one, the grape one, uh, the vanilla, the lemon, and the cherry. The cherry one just tastes like cough syrup. A soft what? Cough syrup? No, no, no. It tastes like uh, cherry tootsie pop. Okay. Well, it's not. Oh, okay. I understand. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very good. Um, yeah, I love tootsie pops. Then you have the Child's Play Assorted Mix, which is kind of like a lot of various shit of the stuff that they own. So there's like Dots in there, because they also own Dots. Dots. Um, oh my god. Is Dots the candy that's like on the paper? No, oh. no. That's candy buttons. Dots are like the... They look like little Goombas from Mario. Why can't I... Th- but they're different I think of it. flavors. I can't think of it. Oh my god. Do I have to send a picture of fucking Dots? Send me a picture of Dots. It's just like a bunch oh. of polka dots on white. Paper. I know, I know. <laughs> it's literally what came up. Dots candy. You googled dots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the idiot. No. 
Alright, let's see here. There's a picture of dots. Oh, okay. So they're like gumdrops. Yeah, they're very good. Got it. Uh, you have the fucking disgusting <laughs> crow's feet. What? Which are just dots, but they're black licorice. Ew. No. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh my god. If you like black licorice. No. You're my mom loves black licorice. God. She's a freak. What is wrong I with I don't her? know. That's... There's a lot of hatred in your Yeah, soul. there's there's a darkness there. Some, some, somebody hurt you <laughs> severely. <laughs> Who's like, hmm, you know what? I could really go for some candy right now. Oh, yeah, what do you want? You want some a Butterfinger? You want some Reese's? Maybe like a Starburst or something? No, dude, no, no, I'm really feeling some black licorice. Yeah, disgusting. What the fuck? I don't know. Hurt you. Yeah. Uh, you have Andy's Chocolate Mints, which also fucking slap. Oh, God. I love those so much. They're so fucking so good. They had they put one out around Christmas time that was like, had little bits of cookie in it. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, they also own Charms Blow Pops. Oh. And those uh, taffy apple suckers that I like. Mm-hmm. They own Sugar Daddies and Sugar Babies. Yummy. They own Charleston Chews, which, hilariously, friend of the show and fellow podcaster Andy from 90s Court just bought a big-ass box of Charleston Chews. Really? Like he's an 85-year-old man or something. Yeah, well. At least it's not black licorice. That's true. That's true. Be shunned immediately. Uh, they, they also own Junior Mints. Ooh. The inferior to the Queen Anne Sella chocolate covered cherries. Hmm. Fluffy stuff cotton candy, double bubble, thrills, razzles, the sour as fuck crybaby gum, which I love. I've never had it, but I love sour things. Oh, it's so good. I'm always a slut for sour Me things. Me too. I was definitely that kid growing up that would have like six warheads at the same yep. time. Hell yeah. People are like, oh my god, how are you doing that? Yeah. I fucking love sour things. Yeah, very good. Uh, you have the nickel nips, which are those wax bottles. Oh, I remember those. They're fucking good. They are surprisingly good. And there's just something so fun about, like, biting off that bottle cap. I know. I don't I know, know why. Just chew on the fucking wax. I don't know why. It's fucking good. Um... Candy blocks, which are just like basically candy that you could stack on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And polar mints. I don't know what that is. Yeah, me either. Okay. Uh, You know who else loves candy? Who? That is Fancy, the Fancy in the Box. Each year, the company claims to receive over 20,000 letters from children stating how many looks it takes to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop. On average, they say it takes around 600 to 800. Mm. They even send back letters. Like, they make, they make it a priority to write back to every kid that sends them a letter mm. with a certificate that says that they completed a Tootsie Roll Pop. 
with her name on it, and it's signed by the owl. Well, that's cute. Do they still do that? Right. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. Do okay. it. I actually, I have the PDF of it, of the certificate. Yeah. It's fucking cute. I like companies that do shit yeah, like that. Yeah, me too. You know? Totally. Um, as the world's largest lollipop supplier, the company daily produces 20 million lollipops. Wow. That's a shitload. Bob Watson of the 1975 Houston Astros hit the 1 millionth home run in Major League Baseball's history. For his effort, the company awarded him 1 million Tootsie Rolls, which he donated to Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts of America. That's nice. According to dead celebrity expert Alan Petruccilli, Frank Sinatra is buried with them along with a few other choice effects, including cigarettes, a lighter, and a bottle of Jack Daniels. God, I love that. Right? That would be me. <sighs> oh my He's like God. a pharaoh, but they buried him with, like, more Sinatra-esque things. Yeah. I would have never guessed Tootsie Rolls. Me neither. I probably could have guessed the Jack and the cigarettes, but not. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but fucking Tootsie Rolls? No, but I love right. that. He he actually starred in some Tootsie Roll ads uh, in, like, the mid-40s. Oh, I need to see that. Yeah. Uh, February 23rd is the National... Nat... Nat... Wow. Mm. <laughs> wow. Mm. <laughs> National Tootsie Roll Day. That's cute. And there is a song with a dance called the oh, Tootsie Roll. Oh, I definitely know that. Uh, but it's actually spelt differently to avoid lawsuits. Smart. Yeah, it's actually spelt T-O-O-T-S-E-E. Okay. <laughs> Cotton Candy Sweet. That's actually what I am naming the episode. What? Cotton Candy Sweet and Low Let Me See You Tootsie Oh, Roll. that's perfect. Yeah. Um, and as a bonus fact, Tootsie Roll is not the only food named after a daughter's nickname. During the mid-30s, a man named Philip Silverstein created a new candy, square shaped that included Brazil nuts, cashews, and raisins. He named it after his nickname for his daughter, who at the time was a chunky baby. Thus, the chunky bar was born. God. And if you've not had a chunky bar, oh my god. I haven't. If you like chocolate, if you like chocolate, chocolate covered peanuts and chocolate covered raisins, you're gonna like a chunky bar. I do like chocolate covered raisins. It fucking slaps. Okay. But yeah, that's the uh, fucking just wild ass Tootsie Roll episode. That's crazy. I definitely did not expect suicide of the guy who no, created. No, that's so sad. It's very sad. Like I, I hate when I go into something that should be wholesome, and you find out just like the world doesn't care how wholesome you are. Right. You know, it's fucked up. Just imagine like you create you create this brand. That makes the company that you work for just multi-millionaires. That company, the owners of that company retire. You're vice president. And they don't make you president when they retire. So you get outranked by new people that come in. Ugh. Yeah. It's not fun. Not a good time. No. But, it would be a good time. If you did one of the following, you can follow us on all social medias. We are at Toys R Us Podcast across the board. 
you can leave us a five-star rating and review anywhere that you can do it, because it definitely helps. And you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash podcast. Until next time, remember, turning in a rapper with a Native American shooting his bow at a star won't get you shit, and that's just how life is. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'd like to take the time out to thank our patrons. We couldn't do this without you. So, thank you to Jeremy, Jessica, Nicole, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, John, Juanita, Sabrina, Shannon, and Steven. Thanks a bunch, guys. The butterfly, uh-uh, that's all. Let me see the tubes and roll.